Welcome to the IAOM podcast, First Break Stories from the Roll Floor. I'm your host, Simon Tietke. Today's guest is Liam Cassidy, Head of Automation for Buda North America. Not too long ago, we met in their North American headquarters in Minnesota and talked about the past, the present, and most importantly, the future of automation in the grain milling industry. But first, a word from our sponsors. Bühler Insights is the digital service available from Bühler. It provides unprecedented levels of transparency for your process by capturing data from the machines in your plant and then visualizing that data in a digestible format for you to make more informed decisions about your production process. It works on a single machine, an entire plant or across a multi-site organization. Bühler Insights is a powerful, customizable and highly secure digital solution that increases productivity could be increased yield, reduced plant downtime, machine, line or plant performance analysis and comparison or reducing your energy usage. Whatever your top priority is, Bühler Insights has you covered today and into the future. Contact your local Bühler office to find out more or just search for it online today. GEA Golfetto Sankari consider milling raw materials such as maize, wheat and cereals as a promise. A promise to all their customers to promote environmental sustainability and make the most of the resources offered by our planet. That's why GEA Golfetto Sangadi's milling technology is developed with the aim of protecting raw materials in the most effective way by reducing internal friction, optimizing the layout and maximizing the energy savings. Discover how GEA Golfetto Sangadi develops and builds milling plants of any size and any capacity on GEA.com. All right. Good morning, everybody, from Bühler's North American headquarters in beautiful Minnesota. I'm here today with Liam Cassidy. Liam, Liam, what, what's your position with Bühler? Hi. Good morning. Um, so I'm the head of automation um, in the based out of the Minneapolis office. Um, so we cover everything that's going on in automation in the North American region. Um, yeah, that's that's my fun job, my day, to, huh? my day to day. Yeah. So, how can automation be important for the milling industry? Oh, <laughs> I think it's growing more and more me, important every day, hit, isn't it? Hit me, hit me straight with it, right? So, no warm up. No, not at all. Do no. I get do I get to take a sip of my coffee before I answer that question? <laughs> no, we can jump to that question in a second. Why don't you tell us quick, um, maybe your history a little bit, and you know how do you how do you Got to where you're at, and maybe how did, some. How did an English guy end up in uh, in Minneapolis? You mean? Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so, I've actually been with Bueller um, 21 years, and I know that because I, LinkedIn had the pleasure of telling me uh, recently. Um, <laughs> and probably a lot of people might be a little bit surprised at that. Sometimes I'm surprised at myself. I actually started with Bueller when I was 16, so I did. Um, the you know in Europe apprenticeships and so on. Of, of, Is that considered of child labor? <laughs> I was one of the <laughs> one of the the Bueller the Bueller babies, so yeah. to speak. Um, but no, I started at sixteen and I went I went basically straight into um, automation. So I started off in um, the electrical side of things. Um, did my apprenticeship, um, you know, in the panel shop, doing all the good stuff, building wiring panels, um, and starting to understand electrical drawing schematics. Um, PLCs, doing I/O checks and that, all that good fun stuff. I did my apprenticeship for four, five years, and then at the same time, I did my school, got my um, 
degree, so my, my apprenticeship was a little bit more extended. So is it, is it the same kind of situation if you would do a bachelor's degree in yeah. the United States, just you do a lot of more practical work with it, right? Exactly, and it, it takes a little bit longer and so on. I mean, we could have a whole other podcast on the, the, <laughs> the benefits of uh, um, the apprenticeship scheme. I think it's great. We do, at Bueller Minneapolis here, it's, it's, it's doing that. We, we've been doing it for five years, I believe. Um, yeah. I'm not 100% sure if that's the right time frame, but anyway, nevertheless, I think it's it's fantastic that we're, we're doing that. And it, it's a little bit unusual in the US, um, but like I said, we could have a whole different podcast just talking about the great benefits of that. So yeah, I did I did my apprenticeship in that time. I had the, the, the pleasure to go to um, Switzerland for around a year during my apprenticeship. Um, when I finished my apprenticeship, um, you kind of have, a decision that you want to make because you do, you do a round base of skills during your apprenticeship and um, I wanted to stay in automation and um, I then had the opportunity to go to Switzerland's headquarters for a year where they would um, train me on the electrical design hardware schematics um, so I spent a year in Switzerland doing that um, I then came back to the UK and worked in the hardware engineering team for what would that be for about three or four years? Um, I then had another opportunity to go back to Switzerland for a year where I was actually um, an electrical instructor. So we had customers from um, mainly from Nigeria, but other parts of Africa. Yeah. They were based in Switzerland for a year, and then my job was to basically teach them about automation, um, electrical, um, touching on the software side. Um, which was which was a lot of fun and a great experience. And then after that, I actually moved into more of the programming, the software side. Oh, okay, so you did you did hardware and and programming quite quite extensively, then? Huh? Yep, exactly. Um, and then I would say for about two or three years, was working in software, um, going around the world, different commissionings, you know, all the fun places, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the places that you've probably been to yeah. as well. Yeah, um, we did a couple together too. Yeah. So. Um, and then I actually was asked to come to the US to work on a project. Um, and I turned up and that was actually, we, we were on that project together. Yes, sir, we were. Um, I believe that was 2012, early 2013. 2012, yeah, yep. Um, okay. Did that, was asked to stay to do another project and then um, there was an opportunity to become um, a team manager inside automation. So um, I ended up taking the decision to stay here in the US. Was a team manager for until 2017, so two or three years more or less. And then in 2017, I took over as um, the head of automation. And that's been about three years now. So a little bit of a, a detailed explanation there, but I think, you know, to summarize, I've been with Bueller, um, a, fair, a fairly decent amount of time, 21 years, but I've always kind of every two, three years I've, I've done something new and I've moved around. So it's, it's, I've been very fortunate in that aspect and it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, and always in automation and, and it's, it's, it's really interesting right now and cool to see how much automation is, is developed in that, in those 20 years. Yeah. And, and, and it has, especially in the last 20 years, I would think, I mean, I haven't been around the milling industry much before that, neither have you, obviously. But but there's so many different levels of automation out there, especially you know, especially in this country. I feel like there's there's still a widespread of automated mills versus rather not automated mills. I would call them. Yeah. Right? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I still there's most think there's most out there with with you know push buttons, physical yeah. push buttons to start machines, and then there's highly automated mills that literally can can run the night through with without any intervention of you know of a human really. So, you know, when you look at that, what there's obviously different levels of automation. Do you do you define those? Do you have different defined levels of automation, or how do you how how do you how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, we've I've been in those those fun mills where um, you have the operators running up and down, and sometimes even manually engaging roll stands and and so on. And then you have the other the other side of it where um, moving more into um, I mean, Beulah has a vision of a smart mill, um, yeah. and moving more into the autonomous side where the mill, like you mentioned runs itself essentially um so that doesn't doesn't just mean the motors start in a sequence right yeah you, so you go, you go a little further than that when you start talking about autonomous autonomous right yes i mean i don't i don't think i haven't been in a mill that's fully autonomous yet yeah <laughs> um and but i think certainly that that's a that's a vision that beulah has and um i think we're laying the groundwork to to achieve that vision and, and you know exceed it and I think what's important there to understand as well is when we say autonomous mill that doesn't mean that you don't still need technologists operators and um, a team inside your mill it's the idea behind that is to to increase efficiency yeah um, increase your business and then on top of that increase your employees um, well-being and safety because I think I think you're making a really really very legitimate important point right there right at the beginning of our conversation which i wanted to get into anyways is you know there's people still out there that are scared of automation just mainly because you think you would reduce labor or you know just take the human out of the equation but i i personally don't believe that i'm a big fan of automation i'm a big fan of going the extra step and getting the latest and greatest automation ideas and systems into my mills but but really, why I do that is not to take the human out of the equation when it comes to make decisions and when it comes to comes to be the final expertise on the mill. I rather do that in taking them out of the equation when it comes to safety issues, to accidents, incidents, yeah. and also mainly to give them the time to do their job, right? So there's there's a difference between my opinion, very very honest opinion is there's a difference between running samples, running around all day, adjusting machines, taking brake releases, you know, doing all those things or analyzing your system, right? What a miller really ought to be doing, in my opinion, is walking through the mill every day, finding things that matter, little differences they can make. If it's a screen change because you see the temperature and the seasons change, if it's if it's the change on moisture and you, you know for the raw material and you might want to temper a little longer, a little shorter, things like that. You need to you need time to recognize that, yeah. and and that's still a human skill. That's touch, smell, feel, right. And if you do not have the time to do that, that's an issue, yeah. right. And right now in the milling industry, I believe we're wasting time with doing some of, of the mundane tasks, I call them, right? So for example, if you need to need to catch a sample every two hours, mm -hmm. right? It's not just going out and catching a sample. First of all, you need to go out and catch a sample, right? But you bring it back to the lab, you need to run it over an NIR. If it's, you know, if it's depends what kind of product it is, if you make a Durham semolina, you need to run it over a sift test, you know, which 
takes a while. So all in all, out of those two hours, you probably spend forty five minutes running a sample, or sometimes an hour. Yeah. If it's if you know if you're talking about like two three units in a flour mill, and all of a sudden you have a whole person only have of the eight hours only have four hours time to do other work, which includes starting jobs on on the mill, cha- changeovers on the mill, right? Then just just writing down scale data often just to record the production to make sure that they're actually doing the right thing, exactly. and all that does on after at the end of the day, all that does is it proves that you're doing your job right. Yeah, and and the problem too is. You only know that every two hours, really. <laughs> you yeah. take your samples every two hours. Yeah. So, kind of, how do you know that you that you're winning? You know, every minute of the day, and that's I think where automation comes in, and that's what I try to explain to people. It's like it's not reducing your job or reducing your duties or reducing your expertise. It actually enables you to use what you have as an expertise to make production better every day instead of just keeping it up yeah. at a good level. No, I, I, I think you've, um, there's many points there that you, you hit hit the nail on the head there. Um, and you're, you're exactly right. It's one of the analogies and um, a lot of people use this analogy, but it, I think it's, it's very appropriate. It's um, if you could take your best operator and put him on one of your machines 24-7 a day, you would do that. Right, but yeah. but it's not feasible, right? From a from a manpower, exactly. so on. So it links into what exactly what 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 you were saying, um, Simon. Is it's um, it's not about taking jobs away. It's actually about enabling your team um, to do more value added tasks. Um, and what I mean by that is, I can give give a, a recent example. We just upgraded a customer to um, our Mercury MES system, and. During the commissioning towards the end, when we were training them on the system, one of the operators came and said, oh, wow, I used to have to spend three hours manually entering in this job data. Now the automation system takes care of that. So he, he has three hours back now that he yeah, could, they, yeah, absolutely. That he can do. And, and people are brilliant, right? They have lots of great ideas and so on. And if they're, if they're doing these tasks that we can help automate, then he can focus. He or she can focus their time on on bringing more value to to, to your company, to your operations, and so on. Yeah. And I think that's it's really about empowering and enabling people. And I know that sounds um, kind of cliche a little bit, but no, but but it but it really is true. I, I've seen I've I've experienced it firsthand from talking to headminers, plant managers, operation operation guys, um, because you know. To, who wants to be fitting in a manual form for for three hours a day, right? <laughs> no, and, and and I think this this ought to, this this ought to be how we how we have to really have to look at automation. It's not anymore how do I run my machine from a remote control computer. That that's not what automation is anymore. Yeah. Right. And and how we can and I'd love to go into detail because you know this is the podcast for technologists. So for Headmiller, so we're yeah. gonna to go totally into detail here. Let's dive in that quick. I for love a details. So let's, let's, let's dive into this for a second. So we talk about mundane tasks, yeah. right? You talk about taking a sample, right? You take a flower sample. So you go somewhere where there's a manual flap box in the system. You flap that box. You know the flap. You put that flap over. Put flour into a bucket or bag. Bring that back to the lab. Analyze it on an on an NIR. Right, see your ash moisture protein. Right, that's kind of what, what we're usually looking for at a normal flower. And then you know there's going to be later on. There's going to be tests like Farinocraft and other things. But that's like your quick test. So you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you're in spec, in specifications for your customer, 
or for your internal specifications. And you do that every two hours. And then sometimes there's also, you know, products where we look at other specifications like like um, spec count, how many, you know, brand particles are in, in something or, or granulation. So this hour, every two hours, right? How, how do you reduce that with automation? Good question. Right. Um, I mean, that's a very good example I think you pick there. I, I, I think when we look at our NIR system that's integrated in, inside Mercury, I mean, that whole process that you talk about can be, can, can be completely automated. Absolutely. Um, and it swings back to what we were just saying. Now you have an operator that was doing that, I mean, you say every two hours in, in general, right? Yeah. Okay, they're getting that time back now. So like you mentioned, they could start to look at, okay, what else is going on in the mill? Mm -hmm. How can I optimize? How can I look? And actually through our technologies, um, uh, Insights and Mercury, we can actually enable them to do that faster and give them that real-time information too so they can make better decisions during their day. So it's not that they're not doing something valuable now, it's that we can automate that piece and then allow them to do more valuable tasks yeah. inside your operations. And there's, um, there's, there's more value in automating things like that, yeah. right? So, so, so you throw an automatic sampler, right? Yeah. You have an automatic sampler, it takes a sample, right? Puts it into a bottle, bottle has an RFID tag on it, yeah. right? So you, you have that set already. You, that RFID tag can later be read out by, by the lab personnel and can can be stored away as your as your retained sample, right? Yeah. So like that, you're already reducing just the amount of time going grab a sample. Then we talk about online NIRs, right? No matter who supplies those, but they're they're just a great solution nowadays to to see your moisture ash protein. But here here comes the difference: it's real time. Exactly. Right. You do not have that two hour window yeah. that you know if you if you have a proper mill, yeah. <laughs> you have ten thousand yeah. hundred red mills sitting there, yeah. right? So you're making what, 40,000, 45,000 pounds an hour of flour? So you make nearly a truckload, so it's two truckloads nearly in two hours that could be out of spec, right? And, you, and you, like you're this- going you, on to exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Not only is it in real time, but with the technologies that exist today, is we can actually start to proactively monitor and check what's going on. And then instead of you know losing product, we can adjust. Yep. In real time and not only that we can inform your operations team ahead of time to say look there potentially could be a problem here exactly and then you you move from going back to a, what we started off with the conversation is you move from your operators doing I wouldn't say reactive tasks schedule tasks to doing more proactive and looking how they can run the mill better how they can have a better quality of yield and how they can keep a, a higher uptime which is essentially what you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think what's interesting is you mentioned about details there and um, maybe I'll share a little bit with you. Um, um, there's a slide that uh, I really love. I'm not usually one for, for death by PowerPoint, I call it. But oh, you, you, you understand this is a podcast, Liam. Right? Yeah, so what I, was, <laughs> what I was about to say is I'll see how good a job I can do of explaining um, this slide on a podcast. Um, but... What we've done at Bueller is we, we've basically broken down automation digital into, into what we call four levels. And level one, if you think about a mill today, um, or automation in general, let, let's say automation 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was really start-stop system, right? You yeah. would 
start your mill, the motors would run up in sequence, you would be reading levels back and so on, but you're, that was the level of automation and, and, and that was in line with the technology at the time, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, you were, you were fancy if you even had a pause button. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like suspended milling, that's um, still a thing. And, you know, the analogy we like to use is we, we compare that to um, the, 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 the the car industry. Okay. Um, so if you think about um, your, when you drive your car and you have cruise control, that's a little bit how the automation systems of the past were. So you could set... Yeah. You set your rate, You could I guess, set your yeah. rate, but you still needed someone behind the wheel driving the whole thing, right? Yep. A lot of... And that's kind of links into what we were saying, a lot of manual work and processes going on. Um, I think what's been interesting in the last four or five years is what we've, we're shifting into is once you start to connect all of these sensors in the field, and that's where we start to talk about IoT and so on, and you start to move them into a cloud-based platform. So we have our Builder Insights platform. Um, great technology. <laughs> I'm going to add that in there. Um, that... That, that enables customers to do this. And then what, what you have then is you have data transparency. And what we can do through Builder Insights then is we can give that information to your um, operators, your management team, whoever it might be inside your organization in real time. And it gives them a lens onto what's going on on their operations. We, that's what we, we call our level two. And so you, you're combining, you're adding something to actual automation. Right, because I per so that's how I feel. Automation for me is is the PLC is all the machines they're connected to the PLC and the PLC controls all those machines. That's for me that's automation. Yes. Right. And 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 but you added something different here. So you, added, you added something completely on top of that, which you you know the cloud obviously data, big data, IoT, all those things, right? Yeah. And not every, there might be people out there that listen to us that. Hopefully we haven't lost them by now, but we probably will here in a couple of minutes. Yes. So why before before we jump onto your next step of automated driving or milling, yeah. what well, what is the cloud? What is IoT? What are those things? Very good question, and I'm glad you you reined me in there because um, obviously I live and breathe this stuff, so I oh, can yeah. I can talk very quickly and go off on a tangent. And you're exactly right. So to to, to swing back round, um, so. Like I mentioned, if you think of traditional automation, start-stop systems, um, and it, and to be fair as well, we a lot of the sensors and data we've been reading, we've been doing this for a long time yeah. in the automation industry, um, and that kind of is IoT. If you have a device in the field that you're connected to and you can read that data, I think the big leap and difference has been over the last four or five years is we would kind of keep that isolated in the automation system, right? So yeah, like local on a, on a server. On, yeah, right? on-prem, you would yeah. see that information. Um, so, I mean, cloud is everywhere. You hear it on commercials, you walk uh, around them. And Beulah's got a, um, a very great partnership with Microsoft and we use their Azure platform, which mm -hmm. is their cloud-based services. So what that enables us to do through Insights is now we can take that data that we're collecting um, in the field and we can push that up into the cloud and through more advanced computing techniques and so on, we can analyze that faster, we can do it in real time. And then that can, as I mentioned before, what we do that with that when we digest that data is we make sense of it and then we send that down to operators teams yeah. and we, we, we deliver it in a way that makes sense to your operations um, and everybody can use it, right? I mean, we're exactly. talking from from 
the the miller on the floor they can use it yeah. you're talking to like the head miller the plant manager which that was the, probably the case before when it was on-prem but now you're adding i would say a third dimension to the situation so you had a two-dimensional automation system yeah. you have your, your machine sensors devices plus the plc right now you're still adding the third dimension which is the cloud and you know internet of things obviously though all the things get uploaded to the internet which um, sounds a little scary we come to that in a second how safe or not safe that is and how you know we can talk tell people that it is actually safe but um you add in that third dimension so everybody else in that company can utilize that data or get results out of that data right exactly and 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 that's a very good point it's like I mentioned if you think about traditional automation system if you wanted to go read that data you would walk into the control room yeah and you would you would have to be on site now you can be anywhere in the world you can see that data on, on your phone through a, through a phone app and i think that's the difference and that's today that's what we do today today right so um so let's okay let sorry i've totally no, got uh, you off track there but let's let's it, jump it, back it, into your it's into a great point and, and um i think what will what's also important i would just like to add is um, what we do at Beulah is, um, yes, we have our Beulah Insights platform that's connected to the, to the cloud. But as I mentioned, you start reading all this data. Um, and what we do at Beulah is we actually collaborate with the customer and we say, yes, we have all this data, fantastic. Um, but let's work together. Let's find out what is important for you as a company, as, as an operations. Mm -hmm. And then through the power of that data, we can actually enable you to reach your goals and drive the way that you want to with your, your operators and so on. Um, and maybe we touch a bit more on that later, but it, it was just an important point for me to say, we don't just collect all this data and then give you this information yeah. that Beulah thinks. And I think that's the big thing of IoT, which people have to understand a big data. At one point you have to collect it, but eventually you have to make decisions to, to use it. Otherwise you're just collecting data for collecting data. Exactly. Right? You could collect, uh, there's so much data to collect. You need to focus on yeah. what's important. And we'll probably get onto that later with the whole agile philosophy. Exactly. And so on. so how, how do you move um, on in your, in your, in your so, so like cruise I said, controlled car now? So yeah, we're, we're driving along. Um, so like I said, level two um, is where we start to get into more assisted meal and what I mean by that is we're collecting data and then we're giving your operations team or whoever inside your company that data in real time and we can enable them to make better decisions because okay. now they have a lens on what's going on so if I bring that back to the analogy of, of the self-driving car at this point we're we're in the lane assist right oh okay so, now I get you so you, you so you're driving so you come out you get out of lane exactly you're driving some some cars now they're even steer steer you back on lane. So so we're guiding the operators. We're giving them the information. So it's like when you're driving your car, you get told, "Oh, I'm drifting out of the lane." What do you do? You either move back on yourself. Like I said, some cars now they're actually moving. Yeah. That's what happens when you first start collecting data. Now that's the baseline. So that's that's let's bring that back to the flower mill. That that would be if you have a yield control system, a system control system that tells you your yield, which you should have at least, in my opinion. So it's kind of a yield level warnings within your yield, either you to high or to low, right? And then and then it gives you immediate notification about that, right? It's it, like, hey, it, hey, um, check that, or or hey, let's go back to the online NIR sensor. Hey, your ash is getting high, or your protein exactly. is cutting out um, of hand, or your moisture is getting out of hand. And then the you can make your own decision to bring that back in line. Exactly. Or you could have an automation system that can help you bring that back in line. For example, if you mix. Um, clear flower, high ash flower back into the patent. 
you can you know slow that down or speed that up. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that um, would be kind of the same as a lane assist. You bring that car back. Into yeah. Lane. So so we and what that enables you to do as a, as a company is you're you're moving from reactive to proactive. Yeah. So you're not reacting now after the event. Which we're, we're telling you in real time. Look, there's something. It's kind happening. of still reactive a little bit, right? Semi. Yeah. Um, but the reaction but, uh, but, uh, time is the reaction immediate. time is, is immediate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and uh, even at that point, we can start to to give you alerts ahead of time, so you can set up to see if a scale is going out of tolerance, for for example, yep. or a KPI. Then we can send the alerts and notifications to the operations team and say you 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 should you should go and check X Y Z whatever it is. Um, but you're right; it's not fully proactive, um, and that's where we move more into the level three. Um, so level three, once you've started collecting data and you have that baseline, what you can start to do now is start to analyze that data and really understand what's going on in your plan. Um, you, you then go from kind of a lens to like a, a micro lens, right? You, yep. you can understand um, completely what's going on with your operations. Now, I know that's a big statement um, and we could probably have a whole podcast again just about that in particular. Sure. <laughs> um, but it, it really is true. I've seen it over the last few years. And then you start to move into this, what we call level three, the self-adjusting mill. Now, if I link that back to our car analogy, that's kind of some of the autopilot cars that you have out there now. So if you mm -hmm. think of the Tesla car, it changes lane for you, it, it exits off the highway and so on. So yeah. now we're starting to take away some of the, the manual work and that links into what we were talking earlier and the, through technology, through digital services, through automation MES, we're starting to do self-adjustment on the mill. So let me translate that into a flow model then for you. Yep. Um, you would say, for example, you would. We talked about the Ash loop. We just brought that up earlier. When you, you know, bring clear back into a pattern flower, and you, you have a consistent Ash on your, you know, highest level of production. But you could say you have a particle size analyzer, which is something you can buy nowadays for on online, and it just does your brake releases for you on a on a first, second, yeah. third brake, and you would have automatic roll gap adjustment, right? Like that, you would exactly. you would not have. You only like you. The only brake release you ever do is you make sure that the rolls are parallel to each other, yeah. and then it does the rest by itself consistently. So when you change over from let's say from hard to spring, and you have a different brake release, you would you would, the mill would just do that. Yes. Right. From above and beyond service to incredible flower performance in your facility, Miller Milling Company goes the extra mile at every mill. Miller's team's dedication and attention to details helps them learn your business so they can work seamlessly as a part of your crew. Whether you need existing products or customized solutions, you can count on Miller to deliver exactly what you need. Miller Milling also works to make sure every link in your supply chain is secure so you get a reliable product on time, every time. And if something ever happens to go wrong, they always make it right. Because here, flour is more than a processed grain, it's a partnership. Welcome to Milling Made Easy. For over 40 years, Lawrence Conveying Products has been North America's single source manufacturer for all things dry bulk. Lawrence offers a wide range of pneumatic conveying product solutions including diverter valves, slide gates, couplings, elbows and more. Customization is their specialty. Family owned since 1979, Lawrence understands the importance of quality service and flexibility. Clients aren't just clients. 
but rather extended members of the family. Save purchasing dollars by contacting Lawrence, your one-stop shop. I think another good example would be if you have, um, if you're monitoring temperature humidity inside your mill. Yeah. Um, if you think, again, back to a traditional automation system, you go to the control room and it would tell you you have high temp or high humidity. And then your operators would be reacting out in the field, right? Well, well I mean, let's be honest, we have automation systems that are 10 years old and you go out in the mill and there's a therm thermometer hanging out there or something, like a digital thermometer yeah, on the wall, it, right? And people walk by and say, man, it's a hot day today, maybe we... You know, we yeah. lose something about it or not, right? And if you don't do anything about it, what's happening is you might lose yield or production time because you have downtime due to backups, buildups in the sifter or the on the top of the roller molds, right? And and just from me, from a Miller's voice in this communication here, we so let's just say you you know that your temperatures change drastically during night and daytime, which can happen, you know. In, in several different states in the United States throughout throughout the spring and fall and summer. So you often need to react to that with different temper times and moistures. Exactly. So and that's I think that's where you come in with automation, right? Where you say, hey, let's just throw in a digital temperature and humidity yeah. sensor, yeah. right? Connect that to your automation system, right? And then bring that up to the cloud. And then with that, we can make educated decisions of, yeah. of how we want to do it. What I like about that, right? I have, I have personally have my millers, um, you know, record things like that. They they record temperatures, humidities, they record yields, they record quality data. They put that all together. There's companies that have paperwork full of that stuff, yeah. right? And then after after three, four, five years, you start realizing a pattern on your not just you know everybody knows what the pattern is in general. You need to adjust sift the screens and things like that for summer and winter, but but you, you need to see an immediate pattern on your unit, on your milling unit with each product you're milling on it, yeah. right? And doing this all by hand, recording all that data by hand, all your break releases at all time every day to then build this, build this whole database of, of correlations between yield, quality, temperature, humidity, break releases, product, raw material quality, you know, all those things will just take forever. And but, then, they, but we do it now, exactly. right? And, 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 and it is just literally the automation system yeah. and the cloud can just do it for yeah. you. And, and you bring up an important point there that, that I, I was actually going to touch on. So if we, if we go back to the, the humidity temp um, example, before we'd read that into an automation system, now we push that data into the cloud. But through technology, what also that enables us to do is we can tie that into weather data patterns. Then you start to... Again, you can inform your operators ahead of time. We, we predict there's going to be a high humidity yep. tomorrow. You, you might need to do this, this, and this. And then moving it one step further is through automation and technology is actually just adjusting that mill automatically, autonomously itself. And of course, behind this, it's always a collaboration with the customer. Again, it's understanding what's important for yep. you because we don't want to spend two months doing something on humidity temp when it doesn't in the end have a, have a big impact on yield. I know it does, but I'm just saying that as an example. And then the other point you touched on that's very important is um, all of these examples by themselves are quite uh, are powerful. I mean, you, you can you can read a certain um, temp temperature or digital centers in your field, um, sorry, in your plant, and you could analyze that as a standalone yep. system. 
what we do and what our strategy is with, with um, Bueller Insights is to understand what's going on across your complete operations. So then when you take that humidity sensor that I just gave as an example, and we tie that into the big picture of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, all the other data points you're collecting, right? Not only do we understand the, 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 the isolated temp humidity impact on your mill, but then we tie it into what's going on across the whole of your mill. And that's where it's very powerful because now you, you start to understand the big picture. And it might be that something that you do not think is having an impact on, on whatever it is across your mill could be having a huge impact. So and so what you're doing now is after you added, you know, data going to the cloud being shared, you're adding AI, right? In the end of the day, you or you you're adding adding um, data analytics too to just where there's professional data analytics, there's software, there's algorithms that analyze your data and they tell you, hey, really, this is what influences that. Exactly. And, and it's it's hard. I think it can be hard in the milling industry because, you know, being a head miller, head millers are quite strong minded about their abilities. So it's hard yeah. sometimes to tell them, hey, maybe it's not what you're looking at. Maybe it's this. And we never thought about that. But I think that opens greatly opens opens new okay. doors to to uh, understanding the mill a little bit further, right? We don't just look at yeah. the material we're making, the material, the raw material we're using, and the machines we use to produce that. We look at weather patterns, we look at temperatures, humidities, you know, things like that. We look at vibrations and, and how that changes things, like vibration sensors um, that we can magnetically nowadays wirelessly t attach to machines. Yeah. But but let's 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 take a look from a little bit higher above to that. So you've been talking about all this data yeah. and you've been talking about the collaboration a lot with between customers and, and the automation company or the, the digital company you work with. How is that safe? How, 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 do you, how do you talk a miller that often is a very, uh, when it comes to data and when it comes to new technologies, sometimes a conservative industry, how yeah. do you talk somebody like that or how do you convince them that that's not an issue sharing data with the yeah. company like Google. Yeah. So again, you hit me with some great questions this morning, Simon. So I'm glad I, I've glad I've had two cups, cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you said before, I, I want to focus on that. You said you have a lot of guys in the industry who understand milling way more than I, I ever will. Um, I'm not a miller, and and that's the point. What, what we're trying, what we want to do with data and um, the services that Beulah suffice. We, we don't want to come in and eradicate that knowledge. In fact, we want to harness that knowledge and we want to work with technologists and, and show them, okay, we, we've been collecting this data. We need the, the, the guys that understand how the mills work, the technologists, and say, okay, we see a correlation here. What do you think from your experience? And it goes back to what I was saying before. I think how we can convince um, if you focus on head millers, for example, is a head miller can't stand at every single machine in his plant 24-7 no, of the no, day and, on, and monitor what's going on. What we can do through data and collecting data is we can do that. We have... But we know the benefits of it, but how do you make... How do you convince me? You know, for example, I'm your customer and I say, well, what do you do with that data? Where does the data so go? That, that's what I, where, where do you store that data? That, how, how, how do you use yeah. it? And, and, and as I understand, you know, you personally don't even have access to our data, right? No. We, I, I, if I'm your customer. Yeah, exactly. So through what we do through um, 
Buda Insights is we, um, during, during the initial phase when we're doing the collaboration and so on, we're working together. Um, once the customer is happy with the system, they, all the dashboards, all the data that they see, that's that's with them. And actually the customer has to give Buda permission if we want to, to then see that data. Um, now there are some ben- a lot of benefits to allowing us to collaborate and, yep. and work on that data. Um, but to swing back to your question of um, how do we convince the data, customer's data is, is safe? Um, I think it's a good analogy when you use the the, the mobile banking app. Yeah, um, very, very good analogy actually, now that you say that. Yeah, I, even myself, I can't remember how many years we've been doing mobile banking now for, but when it first came along, everyone was kind of like, Huh? You nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Just my money. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Today, it's people do it because it is a safe technology. Technology has advanced so much. I mean, when we move data, customer data, up into a cloud, we partner with Microsoft. Um, I could spend 20 minutes boring people about what the technology is behind yeah. that that makes it safe, but that's not what it, what is important. It, it is safe. Um, it's encrypted. It's protected. Um, I mean, Microsoft, they do a fantastic job there. Yeah, they, um, they do. And I think, I think in general, there's been a shift in culture um, throughout. Like I, I said, I used the mobile phone example um, for your bank. Um, there's banks out there that exist today that don't even have a, a physical location. Mm. There's no bricks and water. It's all through, through online. And I think automation and industrial, and you've mentioned the million is quite conservative industry, if that's fair to say. No, um, it is, when it comes to technology, for sure. I think once you realize that it's safe, but I think what's more important is once you see the benefits, and we can very quickly show the benefits, stand something up very quickly, um, a pilot project, and there's tangible results that come through that, yeah. then, I think certain customers that we've been working with here in the US, um, you get over that hurdle really quickly because you're like, well, actually, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose a lot more. Um, Because if you stand still, um, the whole industry is being digitally transformed. And that goes, you know, milling, chocolate, whatever process you're in. so you, you you need to jump on that train. You you are bringing up a point there though, because um, because I know for a fact you don't just work with milling. So. You know other industries, mm-hmm. are they ahead of us? That's that's a good question. I mean, this from my perspective, it, it's it's look, the technology is is it's is one thing. Um, but, it, but what's important is what you want to do with a, as a company. What's your goals? What's your targets? And then the first step is understanding that. And then we apply the, the, the technology that's, that's correct to get you yeah. to, to, to reach your goals and targets. And look, there's different levels. Some customers, they might want to focus more on um, supply chain. Some customers might want to start focusing on optimizing plants and so on. Um, what I would say is, I think everyone is kind of on this journey. Um, I think the certain million customers, they're catching up very fast. And I would say there's even certain million customers who are already thinking much bigger. Yeah. And then, you know, optimization, transparency, traceability across a complete supply chain. 
So the whole famous uh, phrase um, from field to fork. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to build a foundation first and we have to understand what's important to you as a customer, what your goals are. And, and I think the foundation is very, very important. That's yeah. what you're talking about. And, and, and it's really important for people to understand that you just cannot it's go, not a and, switch. go into, no, you can't go it, into a mill, put an automation system, like for example, Buda Mercury on that and say, well, now you have full traceability, right? That, that just doesn't happen overnight. And, and I had that discussion the other day with, um, you know, with, <laughs> with a colleague of mine and he mentioned, you know, we talked about traceability. You mentioned so. What what makes the system not work? What would make it bad? And what would make it false? And all I can say is bad data. Yeah, or if you don't or have no data, scales in correct places, or yeah, your scales are bad or no data. Yeah, really, exactly. that, um, that's that's all it is, right? You have to be recording data yeah. consistently. And and I think twenty years ago, the most important tool for flower model was the flower slick. Which is still great to do and all kinds of tasks. If it uses as a screwdriver, a mirror, a <laughs> yeah, skyscraper, and, and whatever <laughs> else you use in the flower mill for. But um, but now I think it's just been replaced by data. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and and I think it's a very important point you touch on. It it isn't it isn't a switch. It, you can't just go in and say, okay, tomorrow you're going to be fully digital, and then you're going to have X Y Z um, advantages. It it is a process of collaboration and working yeah. together and you could have all the data flowing you want in the world but you need to you need to take understand what you want to do as a collaboration and then take real actions that bring value um, and and that's the that's the key piece it's working together it's that collaboration um, so to answer your question it's like yes there's lots of technology out there and some customers they might have thrown all this tech at their facility but if they're not honed in and have a vision and a goal where they want to go and where they want yeah. to use that technology, then it's like you know having the the best phone that you could ever have, but you only send text messages. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you just don't have it connected, right? All you do is take pictures and look at them, right? For example, and and I think you know on that note, I think you know we we covered. Well, we we, we, we we so we, we only got to level three. Oh, how many <laughs> levels do you have? Um, but it's great discussion. I was going to ask so, you so, what, what so, the next ten so, years look like. So, so. And, uh, well, that actually links in. So yeah, perfect. Level four is is Bueller's vision of a smart mill, and that's when you start to move into a full, fully autonomous mill. So, if you think back to the to the three levels I talked about previously, level one standard automation traditional automation if yeah. you like level two data's flowing we're, we're we're assisting operators to make decisions so um the lane assist on the car level three we're starting to move into the stuff that we talked about potentially with humidity sy- um, systems um yeah. taking samples so on that's um the semi-automated cars changing lanes and so on now the smart mill you need to build those three foundations first. You need to start analyzing your data. You need to start um, doing all those things we previously we spoke about. And the smart mill, if we use the driving analogy, that's the fully autonomous self-driving car. So you're mm-hmm. sitting back and the car's driving itself. And that's the vision that Beulah has um, for our customers. I fully believe we'll get there. Um, but it's a process, right? You have to work together. It's a collaboration. It isn't, I think that's 
a big mindset change with some of the customers that I've yeah. been working with. It's gone from, okay, we start this project, we deliver a product in three months. We'll yeah, that's not like that anymore. No, you have to, it has to be, it's a relationship, right? And in a relationship, you need both people in and committed. And th then you work together and you drive this together. And we take the customer-centric approach. And what I mean by that is we want to understand what your issues are, where your daily problems are, what your pain points across all the different personas in your organization, not just at a management level or head miller. And then we want to come in, optimize that through data and make your company, basically, at the end of the day, we want to make your company more successful financially. And one thing that we haven't touched on yet is how we can make you more sustainable as well. And, and you, you're talking about big pillars here for automation, right? Automation yeah. used to be starting and stopping machines. Now exactly. we're talking about, you know, you know, human safety, you're talking about traceability, right? Yeah. You're like supply chain, you know, yeah. all those things. And then you, you talk about, um, you know, obviously customer satisfaction when you talk about the back end of automation, you know, you could be tracking deliveries and things like that. Yeah. And then you talk about sustainability and that's, I think that's something that nobody in the milling industry can hide from, right? Even if some dry maybe, but it's, it's just one of the biggest, biggest players right now out there we need to be working on and yeah and definitely automation is, is a big factor in that absolutely i mean beulah has um that their free clear goals 50 percent reduction of uh waste energy and water um and we want to collaborate with our customers and help them achieve yeah. their sustainability yeah. goals and beulah insights collecting data yeah. is i 100 stand behind that is an enabler for that And a, a good example, a really easy example would be if you're wasting energy or water and you don't and you're not monitoring that, how can how can you understand to get yourself more sustainable, if that makes sense? It's a very mm. simplistic analogy, I know, but um, as soon as you start connecting devices, analyzing them, understanding what's going on across your complete production, and then we can even start to extend it across your supply chain. Um, it becomes very powerful. Yeah, it is, and and you you know can share that data always with your customers. You know, I could share that with my customers. Yeah. So it's it's a it's an important thing. But yeah, I think um, you know. I think we talked. Uh, we talked a lot. We can talk probably for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's a lot. Um, let's keep it to one episode. Yeah, I and hope then um, we can do another one on. on you know, more automation and IoT and yeah. big data and AI and um, all those all those buzzwords. Yeah, I mean, we did. There's a lot that we didn't touch in on. Um, I hope for for the audience, it wasn't. Um, I didn't go into too many details and and, well, and lose uh, lose people. No, that's um, it's kind of the idea of this, right? We trying to trying to get into um, details quite a bit. So and and there will be questions. Um, so people will hopefully ask how you know how to be able to reach you if yeah. they have questions about whatever we asked today. Some of them I can, I can answer, but yeah. I certainly will put um, put your email address in, in, the, in the footnotes, yeah. you know, or they just, you know, go to, you know, Group. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, I think if I just would, would give one last summary, I mean, automation, digital, it's in our world, it's in our lives. Um, and it's gonna, it's gonna be, Just the rate of acceleration of the technology is just, for me over the last five years, it's crazy. But 
what I would say is don't get scared by the tech because it's in essence it's not really about the tech it's about yes you need to get connected you need to get data flowing but as I, I keep mentioning the key point is collaborate let's work together let's understand where the pain points um, what, what where, where, where is there a problem inside your operations um, understand your goals everyone has sustainability goals um, understand your company goals and then through data and being connected we can help and enable you to reach those targets. And I, and I really, what's really amazing working on this, um, and I think you would agree, Simon, is that it just constantly evolves. It, it's just, it's you hit a target and then it's like, okay, what are we gonna do next? And yeah. um, the, it's the technology, po- man. The possibilities are, are, are just really mind blowing. Um, so yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Um, oh, like oh, I said, not, I, I you, could. You're not done yet. Oh, I have something to throw at you. Okay. So I have. I <laughs> do, have I need, do I need another cup of coffee for this? No, or no, something, you'll, you'll or be so, fine. That'll, something that'll, stronger. I think we, the last, where are we at? The last 50 minutes, we talk now. Some of that can answer this question, but I have one question I like to answer, uh, like to ask every every guest on my podcast is okay. Is because it's dear to my heart. It's important for our industry. It's important for the IAOM. Right. So, and that's how do we promote the job of milling grains to today's youth or whoever we want in the job, and and how can we add diversity? And I think you know, we, I can give you a hint already on the answer of this. You gotta give me because the last guests I had on my podcast all answered with technology is bringing people together. Though. So is that how can you know? Does it, does it make the job more sexy? Is that what it is? I, I think, uh, absolutely. I think so. Um, as technology advances, I mean, we, talk, we touched on this earlier, um, and you could use the example of, do you want to go out into a mill and manually take samples that we talked about? 100 degrees mill. Yeah. Or do you want to work in a highly sophisticated control center, control room, and work on optimizing mill using latest technology techniques. Because, uh, you know, milling is a great technology. And- oh, it's an art. And I, and I think you can definitely make it Both. more attractive. Yeah. Um, I think technology will bring people together and make it more diverse, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's, and I think that's, that personally I have a strong feeling about that too. Yeah. That, that brings people on the table. Um, Young people are used to use iPads and phones. T- exactly. Um, and uh, you know, I have a lot of fun working in working in the milling uh, industry. And sometimes when you tell people in your personal life outside of that, they kind of look at you like a little strange. But then when you you explain what you're doing and um, all the technology and all the fun stuff and the working together, collaborating. Um, it's it's really cool i think it is it is it is it is i think it's the you have to explain people what you do to get them on board but definitely technology helps it gets them on board much faster and just as a closing note i have one too it's a little bit of an anecdote of the two of us we've been on a commissioning in the united states together and um, you know commissioning days are long (laughs) so we hit a bar after that and you know we were talking to people and there was there was a we're talking to a waitress of ours and she was asking what we're doing because we you know we had all those clothes on full of flour right yeah 
and I think you had your white white uh, the, the white overalls on. overalls on, you know. And then we we told we, we told her it's like we have flower millers, and she's like, really, that people still do that, huh? And then yeah, we said yes, absolutely. And then she asked you what you do, and you're like, oh, well, I do the automation, you know, I just program the computers to run a flower mill. And she looked at you and said, you're trying to tell me you need a computer to make flour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I just leave it right there. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. That's but a really nice finish. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, that, that's awesome. That that's great food for thought there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'd just like to say, look, it's a pleasure to be on here. Um, Thanks for I joining could, me. I could talk for hours on this stuff. I'm very passionate about it. Um, so I hope the viewers uh, or Listen. the listeners <laughs> enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, like Simon said, if if there's any questions or or anything else, um, I'm happy to grab a coffee and talk some more stuff. All right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <All right. laughs>